Hello. You're awake again this time. I didn't expect you to wake up. I am genuinely, genuinely surprised. I mean, you didn't look so good last time. Is, are you just a shell of a person? Let me take a good look at you. No, you're still there. How funny and curious. Um, well, this is awkward. I, um, see your friend came looking for you, um, yesterday, I believe. Or was it the day before that? Honestly, time is such a weird concept with you humanoids. But they came looking for you, and, um, I invited them with the same hospitality I invited you in. They suspected nothing, of course, and, um... Well, how do I put this? I have them locked up in my dungeon. I was hoping to tell them a story today, but I suppose you will do. I don't know how much more is left of your brain, but as I can still see the pink glistening against the moonlight of the window, what's left. Your mouth is... Your eyes are focused. It's so strange what the brain controls. I'm not even sure you can understand me, but here it goes. As you know, nobody escapes Robert's dark corner. Feel like I have to repeat that every now and then. So you remember, as I assume right now, your long-term memory or your short-term memory isn't quite working. Now. Hmm. Ah, here we go. Let's see, let's see, let's see. This one, this one will truly get a fright out of you, I believe. Or maybe you'll find it's dark humor. Um, Either tantalizing, either way, last couple of bites will be scrumptious. <laughs> now, let me take a seat. Don't mind the crying in the background of your friend trying to scream, hoping somebody will hear them. And let's focus on a little village off the coast of the salt mine. Now, you see, what do you know of magic? You weren't a wizard, that's for sure. I would fail to assume you were a rogue. Perhaps you were a barbarian. I ate your brain, and honestly, I just couldn't tell. But what do you know about magic? It's a funny thing in a world full of the weave and magical energies and your ability to wish for your wildest dreams to come true in front of you, to create miracles, as you humanoids call them, things that I know to be just facts in my dimension. But you all cling to it, use it for mundane things, 
your wizard academies where people study it and just can't grasp the thing that exists in their world instinctually. Did you ever think that maybe it wasn't meant for you? Well, that is what Sir Victor thought when he pondered the creation of his newest being. You see, Sir Victor lived on a castle near the beach of a salt marsh. He enjoyed the ocean, the smell of the sea, something to distract for his wizarding degree, his wizarding status, not entirely sure what you all call it. And he was minorly successful in his conjurations. He created small kittens and birds and rabbits and small fish that stayed alive for days before the magic faded away and their existence became mere blinks in the universe. And he had an assistant, you see. This assistant happened to be a fish person. Their giant fish eyes and their weird fish mouth and their peasant clothing that barely understood common and barely understood the tasks that were given to him by Sir Victor, but Victor still kept him around. Less of a slave, more of an assistant, more of a companion in his lonely days at the castle. Now, on this particular day, a storm was a brewing in the distance. The sea was not calm and screamed out for deliverance as it lurched on to the shore, taking up more and more of it till it was almost blanketing the very doorstep of the castle. Sir Victor had made precautions, cast a spell that prevented the water from soaking into his castle, creating water damage, prevented any kind of cleanup. And him and his consistent fish companion, whose only name was a single, single letter, N. It was all the fish person could distinguish himself as. Now on this particular night, a man came walking through the salt marsh. This man had ill intentions and was a rogue from a nearby village and had noticed the rich, richness and vast ownership of this wizard in this castle and wanted the riches inside for himself. He would kill the wizard, sell the spell blip, take all of the treasure back with him and be done with it till the next. <laughs> well, this clever man thought of a plan, a very interesting plan to offset the wizard, throw him off his game, keep him from noticing the true intentions of this rogue. The rogue knocked on the door, the sound radiating through the masks of the castle, and N answered, and just stared at the rogue, and the rogue stared at N, considering perhaps he should kill him now, and um, 
Maybe the wizard wasn't in. But out down the, the stairs, the wizard came, his robe behind him, and looked upon the robe. Sir Victor asked in a booming voice who he was, and the rogue gave him a false name, as rogues do, and told him that he was trying to escape the storm. Now this wizard in particular was a kind, kind person. Sir Victor had was many things, powerful, yes, but he was still generous. And he invited the rogue in to shelter him from the storm. He had the space, he had the time. The rogue stepped in and looked around, taking in the scenery. He gave a false story to the wizard as they met for dinner and excused himself for the night as the wizard and N talked about what they were going to do about the storm. Thunder crashing can be heard outside. The rogue, using a window from the upstairs room that he was provided by the wizard, climbed down and using his most clever techniques, created paw prints around the castle. Using things he learned in the Thieves Guild, he began to make sounds that radiated through the brick of the wizard's castle. The sounds of howling, sounds of muffled growls. And then he climbed back up and went downstairs. The wizard was up immediately, casting spells, looking around attempting to discern what was making these sounds in his castle. And the rogue walked up to the wizard and told him that he had some unfortunate news. See, he had not been honest with the wizard, he said. You see, his family was cursed. He was being chased by a black dog that hunted his family, a shadow mastiff from the Underdark, looking to take his soul down below. The wizard scoffed. He said, I have protections for all of this. But the rogue let out a sigh and said, are you sure? Shadow masters are clever and immune to magical abilities. It might be able to get in. The wizard laughed and said, I'm not. This went on for about three days. The rogue creating false, false signs of the Shadow Mastiff, the wizard perplexed, and N paying oh so attention. His eyes shifting, fear setting in to his very mind. He began to listen to the stories of the Shadow Mastiff. It's large claws, it's shadow presence, it's dark red eyes, and it's immunity to magic. Now, no one could have foreseen what was going to happen next, unless you're familiar with the Kuatoa. But as the rogue made more false tales, the Kuatoa brought them to life. It began to dream about the Shadow Master, shaping it into this monstrous godlike form and then the rogue began to see it in the distance of the storm. 
He believed the wizard was playing a trick on him. He swarmed down the stairs to confront the wizard. The wizard, oh, so confused about what was going on. The rogue couldn't take it anymore, and he just killed the wizard right where he stood, taking his spellbook, cutting his throat. He looked around for N, but could not find him. He could hear the shadow mastiff's paws stepping down the stairs. Could hear its growl, its smell, the decay from the underground. And he ran. He ran out the door, out towards the covered shore, into the shallows, and saw the Kuatoa there, staring at him. The winds picking up the lightning in the distance. And the Shadow Mastiff slowly approached behind him. Its eyes bright red. He could feel the dark, deep breath on the back of his neck. And he felt the bite initially. He hardly had time to scream as the Kuatoa just watched, praising the new being so that it would not kill him as well. Now your players might stumble upon the castle, the rotten remains of the wizard, as they come in, as they try to stay the knights in this castle. It's empty, of course. There's provisions, but it's so strange. It seems like no one took anything. They might find secrets to magic in there, but beware, beware for your players, as Anne still lurks the hallways. And he's had time to perfect his imagination about the Shadow Master. Or the three he's created in that time. And you might be thinking, the Shadow Master is just a CR3 creature. <laughs> Your players can deal with it. But no. The Kuoto have one other cool gift. The creature they create has godlike abilities. It might be a little harder to kill than a regular Shadow Master can. But don't worry, your players are clever, right? They might see the hound walking around the outside, or might just see the red eyes in the darkness. They would never walk towards danger, would they? <laughs> now, the Shadow Master can be found in the player's handbook under Shadow Masters. There's a Shadow Master of Regular and a Shadow Master of Alpha. Now, to alter the Shadow Master, you can use the guide in Raven Moss, or the guide in Van Rickman's Guide to Raven Moth about creating creatures, creating monstrosities that are weird combinations of two creatures. And you can use that as your guide to add whatever godlike abilities you want to your Shadow Master. You could even make them invincible, make them immune to death, or if they die, the Kuatoa just brings them back to life. Or have your players fight the Kuatoa and his army of Shadow Masters. The choice is yours. Now, for the last piece of your brain. <laughs> it tastes delicious. And I'm pretty sure your friend will taste delicious to you. I think this time I ended your life and invited somebody else to Robbie's Dark Corner where they will never be able to escape. Before. 
like you. And nobody will ever come looking for them like you. Drat. I can hear Illidine's ship in the distance. How unexpected. 